Chances are you're familiar with the name Mitch Album. His memoir, Tuesdays with Maury, was one of the best-selling books of all time, uh, best-selling memoirs of all time, and he sold like, in the neighborhood of 40 million copies, uh, and books are translated into about 48 different languages. So there's a real good chance you've read some of his work. It is an honor that we have him uh, with us today to talk about latest, a wonderful story, uh, a book called The Little Liar, which delves into a pretty difficult subject, the Holocaust. Uh, Mitch, thanks for spending some time with us. Talk to us a little bit about what this book is about and how it came about. What what inspired you? Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on your program. Well, I wanted to write a book about the truth and uh, and how precious it is and how lying you know breaks it apart. And, and I've always had that kind of idea in mind. And I thought about what period of time was the truth sort of most vulnerable, and certainly during World War II and the Nazis, uh, who used lies, you know, masterfully to disguise what they were doing, I thought I'd set a story there. Um, it basically revolves around a little 11-year-old boy who is living in Greece in a neighborhood, and he's never told a lie in his life, and he's known in his neighborhood as the most honest kid. And when the Nazis invade, they find out about him, and they take him away from his family, and they they say, you know, we'll let you go back to your family. All you have to do is just do a little favor for us for a couple of weeks, stand on the railroad tracks, and uh, tell people who are getting onto the trains, they're going to be confused, just tell them they're going to good homes and good jobs, everything's going to be fine, and, and then you can go back to your family, which, by the way, is something that the Nazis actually did. Yeah. So thinking that he was telling the truth, he does this every day, and only on the very last day of the trains, he sees his own family being pushed inside a, a boxcar and finds out that these trains are actually headed to the concentration camps. And the book follows what happens to him, his brother, the girl who kind of loves the two of them, and the Nazi over the course of the next 40 years mm -hmm. to show the impact of one lie, one lie that was forced upon somebody on all those different lives. So it's really a parable about truth and lying about forgiveness, and ultimately about hope. Mm -hmm. You bring out the price of falsehood, the price of lies. And sometimes we don't talk about that in our society. We think it's okay right. to be slightly untrue yeah, yeah, and, and not to really value truth. Now, how do you bring that about in the story? Well, first of all, I bring it about because the book is narrated by truth. So the, the, the actual narrator is the voice of truth, and it, it sort of begins by saying you can trust the story you're about to hear. You can trust it because I'm the only thing in this world you can trust. Oh. I'm the mirror that holds your mm. final reflection. I am truth, and this is a story about a boy who tried to break me. So the whole book is told from the angle of truth, and truth frequently you know, brings up points in history where we abused it, and it says, you know, why do you do this to me? You know, why do you... Why do you treat me this way? I'm a precious commodity. I'm, I'm God-given, you know, and yet you you continue to pervert me and break me and twist me and turn me. So that was a really interesting way to write the book because, you know, you're sort of being talked to mm -hmm. about this episode by the voice of truth. You, you talked about how the Nazis actually did have individuals stand there and lie and say, hey, everything's going to be fine. You're going to, you know, right. this is this is nothing to worry about. You're fine. What other historical accuracies did you use to just punctuate the story? Well, actually, the whole book 
with the exception of the four characters, uh, everything else that happens is real. And uh, I used real events. Mm-hmm. I went to Greece and researched it and looked up all the stuff. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, during World War II and the years that followed, you don't need to exaggerate it. You can yeah. use the truth. It's, it was pretty, pretty yeah. remarkable. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's not just, it's not a Holocaust book per se. I don't want people to get scared of it. It's like, oh, I can't read something like that for 200 pages. It, it's only, a, you know, 25% of it takes place during the actual Holocaust years, and the rest is what happens, as I say, what follows. But even in what follows, like the Nazi who perpetrated this lie on this little boy, he ends up coming to America um, under an assumed name and working for the American government because of uh, his knowledge of the Russians, which was something also that happened. You know, we, mm-hmm. brought, we actually brought Nazis over here and employed them, gave them different names, different passports and everything, because we wanted what they knew about Russia. So, you know, the line continued all the way through. And, and strewn throughout it, is, and it's a very important point, is um, the idea of forgiveness for your lies. I want mm-hmm. people who read the book to ask themselves, what's the biggest lie you ever told? As you pointed out, you know, we do tell lies. And what would you do to be forgiven that lie? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how much better would the world be if you could be forgiven? And, and so the little boy, Nico, spends his whole life trying to make up for this lie he was tricked into. And the girl who loved him and was separated from him when they were children spends her whole life trying to find him to forgive him because she doesn't believe that he did it on purpose. And, uh-huh. and so that whole idea of forgiving and being mm-hmm. forgiven permeates the whole book. So, ultimately, we, we do want to have hope in every situation. Right. So, share with us the thread of hope that you find through this story and how it comes through this story of Nico. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm incapable of writing uh, a hopeless book, and I hope I always am. I've been teased, even criticized by, you know, uh, literary critics as being too hopeful. <laughs> uh, one of them wrote a one uh, wrote a review of one of my books and dismissed me at the end by saying, "Oh, he's just the king of hope." And I remember thinking, "Well, that's not a bad throne to sit on. I'm, I'm okay with that." Yeah, I would take uh, that as a compliment. You would think, but you know, critics have a pretty nasty view of the world. I guess. Hmm. For example, even during some of the scenes in the book, uh, "The Little Liar," about the Holocaust, there's a there's a scene where the grandfather of the family gathers all the members of the family inside these barracks at the end of every day and demands that they say one good thing that they're grateful to God for that happened that day. And you would think, well, what could you possibly come up with when you're in a concentration camp? Mm-hmm. But one of them says, well, I got an extra spoonful of soup today. Mm-hmm. One says my rotted tooth fell out. One says the guard who always beats me wasn't on today, so I didn't get beaten. One says I saw a bird. So, and it's those little elements of hope that mm-hmm. even in the worst of circumstances, we still look forward to tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be better. That is the human spirit. You know, that is faith. That is, that is what drives us and keeps us going. And in his famous book about, you know, uh, about the concentration camps, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, and he was, mm-hmm. he was a Holocaust survivor, he said the, the people who survived or the people who believed that tomorrow somehow things would get better, who didn't, never made it. You know, when they gave up hope and they despaired, they were goners. And so the book is, you know, full of hope. And at the end, you know, when it all comes together, when he's 50, 60 years old, and 
and all the other characters of that age. I don't want to ruin the ending of the book, but you know, there's a, there's an uplifting, hopeful message in all of it, which I think is important because we have lived through times like that before and times like today, uh, where a lot of this is paralleling. Mm. But we will come out in the end if we retain our hope and our faith. We will still come out good. So, how do we get our hands on this book? Uh, and perhaps some other work by uh, by the King of Hope. <laughs> well, remember, that was a critic who said that. <laughs> but um, you can get the book anywhere. I mean, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Nobles or any other bookstores. And all my all the rest of my work is there as well. And, I, of course, my website, if people want to read about my books in the past, is MitchAlbum.com. But Tuesdays with Maury, as you mentioned in the introduction, it's probably the thing I'm most well known for writing. That's believe it or not, that's 28 years ago. Wow! Uh, now that I wrote that, um, and I always say there's a slice of Tuesdays with Maury in every one of the books that I've written since. I've written nine other ones since then, and The Little Liar is no exception. The idea of forgiveness was something that Maury and I talked about a lot as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, and, and he mm. said you have to forgive everybody everything before you die everything. And you don't want to take that with you, or, you know, and you think not forgiving people, it hurts them, but it actually hurts you. And um, I tried to carry that message into the book. So even, even a lie that had terrible consequences um, needs to be forgiven. And uh, I kind of follow that path throughout the story of a little lie. It, uh, it has been an honor to, to talk mm-hmm. with you. Thank you for spending some time with us. And uh, I, I do appreciate uh, everything that you're doing, and I, I look forward to hopefully having a conversation with you again sometime soon. I would like that very much, and I appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you.